Oh man, but it, yeah, but if you want a career, it's super important. I think this whole savior clip thing is also bullshit. Like if you if you have any like knowledge of, <laughs> no, but it is. It's like it's a very selfish way of viewing it. It's viewing it as a consumer. It's like I want you to save your clips and sacrifice your career so that I can watch them all in one video and then not really appreciate half the clips <laughs> because they're lost in there with other clips. Hi, Louis here. I'm glad that you're also sticking by. Today's Shopping Shoes guest is one of the biggest legends in parkour history. Kai Willis has done a bit of everything in the scene, but his main legacy is pushing parkour to an incredibly high level. His long ass jumps, outstanding control and feather light touch inspired me and thousands of others for as long as parkour is more than Yamakazi! But this episode is different. Kai's brutal honesty invested me into a reality check and our main topic is his distancing from the parkour road moving on into a new life. Well, rub your shoe soles, wipe your hands in your pants, deep breath and commit because this is Swapping Shoes with Kai Reeves. Hello, good morning Kai Reeves. I mean it's morning for you but I think it's like, yeah, it's half past one here. Yeah. Good morning, mate. <laughs> Afternoon. Good to see you. It's really nice to see you, actually. It's been a very long time. Last time was uh, uh, winter 2019, when you came here with the storm, guys. Uh, winter 2018 or 2019? 18. Was it? I think... Oh, no, yeah, it was 18. beginning. It was... Yeah, yeah. It, nah, but it, was it 18? I think it might have been like January or something, or February, when then it would have yeah, been Yeah, exactly, 19. like January. Yeah, yeah. yeah, January yeah, right. of 2018. It's a long time. It's like two years, dude. Long time. A really long time. Yeah. I mean... Three. There's been... 2021 now. I don't know what day it is. But like, I think one of the years definitely doesn't count because, COVID, <laughs> you know, COVID fucked everything up for everyone, right? So, yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a, there's at least a year. Everyone, everyone just kind of was like, I haven't seen these people in this year block. It doesn't count. It doesn't That's count. That's just a... Been it's, that one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of said that it completely wasted our our lives, right? In a way. What do you mean? Is it will be the last year of my twenties, and I don't have it. Oh, I see. What you <laughs> I mean. skipped from twenty yeah, way twenty eight years old to thirty. Yeah, but it's it's more savage for all the people that are in education and going through things that are like a much more narrow experience range. They're getting fucked up by this thing, dude. Like super fucked. Yeah. All the people that are actually being affected by COVID, man, it's, it's worse almost. No, nah, it's not worse, but it's like a different kind of worse for the people that are being affected by the economic and all the, the social aspect of it than the people that are actually getting ill from the fucking virus. Eh? It's yeah. uh, dark times. But that's another thing anyway. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> yeah, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. And you're in Dubai now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I moved here in, uh, in October, like beginning of October. It's crazy. It looks like the Star Wars scenario, the post that you make, it looks so surreal to me. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's a really different place, I think, than a lot of people think it is. It obviously, it attracts a lot of like that fake Instagram bullshit, all that kind of crap that y you expect it to be. But um, the city itself and the people that are here, that are here for you know for work at least the people that i spend time with and how close and how amazing the nature is here as well which you don't really see too much of it's uh it's a really really cool place to live really cool place to live that's cool 
and you so you're really doing the drone pilot life yeah 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 you're really yeah, good man. at it huh fucking hell i don't know about <laughs> i don't know how good it um yeah i don't know you're flying with, a, like, with uh, a red a red attached to your drone what <laughs> yeah yeah we fly, so we got like uh uh, we have a FPV drone that flies with a, a red Komodo. It's like the the baby red camera, um, which I think is the first in the UAE actually to fly like that at the moment. Um, there's some guys flying DSLRs and stuff, but no one's flying a red yet except from us. And then uh, what if you crash? Yeah, then we got a load of other toys and stuff as well. Man, if it crashed, <laughs> then the insurance better pay out. It. <laughs> do you get dizzy? That's pretty or do much you... it. Like get out. Yeah. No, but the way that. No, no, I like, I've flown for like five years FPV or four years. Um, so I don't get dizzy. I'm like very aware of what my ability is and what the equipment, like we, we do a lot of testing with the equipment. Um, it's like the past two weeks that we've been testing in the desert with this Komodo rig specifically. <laughs> like there's no, you don't just start just flying hectic and just like, oh, I'm gonna try and test the rig. Like you fly it without the camera on the drone, just a simulated like weight. Mm. And you steadily build up the amount of pressure you're putting the rig through, like the amount of aerodynamic pressure, the amount of power you're trying to pull through from the battery into the motors and stuff to just see if anything does fail. Then you're like limiting the cost. You're seeing what the components can handle. Um, you can also like record the data on the thing and then check it all back. It's all like super fucking technical boring shit but it's all like it's, it's the same as parkour like when you see the final result you're like fuck that looks sketchy as fuck but it's actually the, the preparation up to get to that point is like very careful and calculated it's uh, the same as everything it's funny how a lot yeah. of people start with parkour and then they their career leads into something that is nothing to do with jumping walls but somehow a little bit connected. Yeah, yeah. But then it's also really incredible yeah. people. Like you have you being a great uh, drone pilot. You have all the video video makers like Sergio, for example. You have mm. um, yeah, Camille. Camille, yes, Camille is doing really well now. Yeah. Uh, Max Ronan uh, with a guitar playing the musician. The music, man. <laughs> yeah, man. His new music as well, man. It just gets better and better for sure. Yeah. Like. Yeah, anyone listening to this that hasn't heard any of Max's music should definitely uh, yeah yeah it's so good search him out on YouTube. So good. Is, it, yeah. if, is it because parkour people are passionate, creative people because luck, or because there's so many parkour people no, we know? Uh, nah. I think yeah, it's just uh, you have to go somewhere. So like parkour is a career that can only sustain you as a career while you're doing parkour. There's no money in it. No one who does parkour as a job does it for money, because it would be stupid <laughs> there's no money he, he can like just about scrape enough of a living to still keep just doing parkour um unless you're really really lucky like some people with uh, uh the way they've managed to make gyms and stuff but even now with covid obviously that changes things um but as a generalization if you've done parkour as a job you need to be thinking at some point like well you know i need a plan b can't do this forever <laughs> yeah you need it you need a plan b and um, I was just fucking lucky, like really lucky. Um, I think there's a good thing that a lot of parkour people seem to be like kind of addicted to getting new skills and having new experiences and different things outside of parkour. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of one of those, like doing a bit of photography, videography, started messing around with drones and FPV drones and stuff. Like never imagined in the slightest I'd even film with an FPV drone. I just started doing it because I thought it was fun. Um, then yeah yeah 
somehow. I don't know. It's like I got to the point. I think I was like thirty or thirty-one. I can't remember when it was. I was thirty, I think maybe. We're in America, and I was like, had this fucking realization. I was like, shit, like money's running out. I'm getting old. Body's getting tired. Do I want to fucking jump off walls for other people for another five years to just like scrape a bare living, or do I need to think about a new career? So I like thought about it a lot. Talked about it a lot with like with Lynn. Um, I'm sure with other people as well, but mostly with Lynn, to be fair. Um, and I was like weighing up like different skills that I had acquired during the time, like photography, videography and stuff. And um, the main metric that I was actually trying to use was the maximum return in investment for time because I didn't want to put all of my time into like to be a cinematographer. You have to work really fucking yeah. hard. Photographer, you have to work really, really hard. Um, you're working seven days a week, six days a week, um, after not getting paid that much as well, yeah. especially to begin with, to build yourself up. Competition like, too. Look, balancing all of these things. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, actually, like, I have the drone thing. I can fly FPV. That's quite a niche market. The rate that you charge yeah. as well for a, a drone thing is, is quite high because you don't work as many days as a cinematographer, but you also have to have a lot more... Um, training you have to have insurance you have to have the qualifications and everything required so it's like you're like transferring into this weird market so it's like you know what if I work really hard towards this this will pay off more for the time invested than than I could branch into yeah. as being a cinematographer or something um, because I have some unique skills in that area uh, and then people like Claudio and stuff as well they were like backing up that idea I had like contacts here in Dubai and like in Dubai film who were like oh you fly FPV can, can you do come and fly for us and then um, and then Damien Walters got in contact as well he was like oh you fly FPV can you fly FPV for our film we need someone to fly I was like shit like yeah this, this cool. makes sense yeah very nice are you filming a film now? no no that was uh, actually just over a year ago was the Ooh. first ever FPV ever like actual drone job I ever did was for Damien's film which should be coming out fairly soonish I think they're just in the sound design period but that has like Pasha in it um, obviously Damien ah, Greg yeah 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 it's amazing honestly I saw the like one of the first full cuts of it at Damien's <laughs> mate it's so good it's like a combination <laughs> of Kingsman combined with uh, like the in-betweeners you know the TV show I don't know Man, it's just like like a br classic British comedy, like kids in school chatting shit, just doing stupid things. Um, <laughs> That's so cool. it's like a combination of that, but with a like really incredible stunts. Um, and it's gonna be, it's gonna cool. be something special for sure. Can't wait to see it. Um, but you're yeah, I, I this sounds really good. All the and I'm very happy that you follow the career of drone flying and stuff. Uh, but would you ever like consider following a parkour career? What now? Like, yeah, now. Like, if you had an opportunity. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. If you had an opportunity you like, know, the, to work the in thing a movie, is as well. like, you can work on this movie for no. six months and then you're going to get enough money so you, you have the first investment for a gym. Would you do it? No. Because, do you want to know? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, tell me, tell me. Def definitely not. Because, like, uh, I did parkour for like 15 years 16 years I don't know how long it's been now a long time mm -hmm. and there's just so many more different cool things to do 
And you and I'm like I'm like thirty I can't remember how old I'm like thirty one or thirty two. <laughs> thirty two I think. And uh you only have like a certain time period where you can do some of the things because they're actually physically really demanding on your body. So it's like I invested a lot of time into parkour. I achieved a level that I could never even come close mm-hmm. to achieving anymore now. So like I've easily gone past my peak. So a lot of a lot of the reason why you enjoy doing sport is you enjoy achieving new things, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I still enjoy moving, which is fun, but I can never get the same endorphin from achieving a mm. challenge than I previously had in parkour. So it's like, for me, like I love the sport and I love everything that happened okay. for in, in the past years that I've done it and everything. But for me, I'm like, I'll still train every now and again and have fun when I do it, but it's not... Uh, there's no motivation for me there. It's like, there's so many other things. Like I just started doing a bit of mountain biking, like trail running, climbing. Like there's so, there's so many other things. Like I want to do skydiving, um, <laughs> like motocross. It's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would never imagine this, like since I, since I met you and to the point that we are right now, I would never have imagined that you, you kind of moved on. You still love parkour and you still move as you say, but yeah. you moved on now. You want new things in life. Yeah, for sure. And I think as well... Fuck, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to get there. Yeah, but you don't have... <laughs> the thing is you don't have to think about it like that. Like, it's... Uh, for some people, it's important that they keep doing the same thing and they really genuinely find the same love for it. Like, there's people that skate for the whole of their life and they, they love skating and they would never consider stopping. Mm-hmm. But there's also people who, like, skate for 20 years and then they'll never pick up a skateboard again. Ever. Like, and it's because they're done with it or whatever. And it's... It's just a personal preference thing. Like, it doesn't matter. There's no right or wrong answer yeah. to that, yeah. People, people, people can be super pretentious about it, though. Like, well, what do you mean? Like, you're, you're stopping. Like, how can, how can you do yeah, that? Like, you abandon it. Yeah. How ungrateful are you? Everything exactly. that you achieved. <laughs> you have, like, a social obligation to give back what it's given to you. Yes. Now, I completely agree. There's no right or wrong. You have to move on. And you have to be happy. There's no point to any way of you being inside of parkour if it's not... Uh, giving you a proper living that you want or keeping you happy what is the point it's yeah, nice yeah. that you just you just embraced the, the, the evolution of life and moved on it's cool mm-hmm. but you did everything too in parkour you did from like uh, being urban free flow team member to competing <laughs> and being a head and shoulders uh, model <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> you did everything what was the thing that you enjoyed the most of all of it? Um, what was the thing that I enjoyed the most? Uh, probably just training really, really hard when my body was good and just like seeing what I could achieve. I think that was the most enjoyable for sure. Like always like feeling like you're almost like on the edge. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm trying something. I don't really know what's going to happen. No one's tried this before me. I think like the, the logic of it works. Can I like trick myself to try it and see if it will work? Um, I think that was probably the thing that I enjoyed the most for sure. It was achieving challenges. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it isn't something as like tangible as like, oh, I enjoyed doing this specific commercial or whatever. Like there was a lot of the, the jobs and stuff that were fun, but they were always just facilitators. Like if I had a if I had an ultimate choice the whole time I was doing my parkour career, I would never have done a single job. But they all facilitated the same kind of thing. Like I probably wouldn't have even yeah, competed or anything like that. Maybe gone to competitions and like hung out with the people because the places were amazing. 
But I think uh, if money was never a consideration on any of it, the way that the whole career would have been would have been completely different. But unfortunately, in parkour, we don't have that choice. Yeah, not yet. We're going to build that, hopefully. Or maybe not. We don't know. The... No, I think... Wow. <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> you don't think there's ever going to be like enough... Uh, like uh, interest on sponsoring athletes to create content only or to be professional athletes but even that that changes it that changes ah. it so i consider that to still be, ob be an okay. obligation and to working i'm okay. talking about like before even that like where i was like happy eating a fucking tin of beans and a frozen pizza every day kind <laughs> of thing like you didn't need any money like the rent was fucking minimal because you live in a shit place <laughs> Um, and you literally just fucking train every day. Your obligations are really minimal. Um, and you can really, really test yourself at that point. You're not like afraid, like, oh, if I get injured, then I can't do this job yes. I have in two weeks time. And then I'm not going to be able to pay rent or whatever. There was none of that. It was just, uh, I want to see what the yeah. fuck I can do kind of thing. Yes, it's true. I remember like one of the last times that I met you, we were training something and you said, no, mate, it's too much effort. <laughs> Yeah, I can believe that. And you just decided to not do it. It's like, you know you could, but you just said, too much effort. By that time, I was maybe like 25 and I had a lot of energy. Yeah. And you were already like 28 or something. And you were already like, no, man, I know I can, but I will not do it. And now I feel it so yeah. much every day. <laughs> and do you know what's the savage thing is how, how often it is that like Instagram pushes you to do something. Instagram is the, the classic perpetrator here where it's like you feel like it's too much effort and you're like, oh, if I was training, I wouldn't put my body through that strain. I don't need to. Like, I know I can do it. I'm getting no gratification from it because I just know I can do it. It's, it's not like a true achievement. It's just like, yeah. But then because Instagram's there, like, well, if I film it, I know it looks good. I know that people will like watching it and then maybe someone will pay me to post something if I... It's, it's a dark little fucking yes it is how important is instagram yeah. for for the parkour challenges oh man oh, but uh, yeah but if you want a career it's super important i think this whole savior clip thing is also bullshit like if you <laughs> if you have any like knowledge of no but it is it's like it's a very selfish way of viewing it it's viewing it as a consumer it's like i want you to save your clips and sacrifice your career so that i can watch them all in one video and then not really appreciate half the clips <laughs> They're lost in there with other clips. It's true. It is no, true. It's true. It's a point. People, so all, it is. It's very true. It's very true. Like uh, these are people, and even like the, the classic. I fucking love Jimmy the Giant, mate. He's a legend, proper legend. Kieran is a fucking legend. Subscribe to him on YouTube or whatever, if and support him, like kind of blah blah. But I, I very much disagreed with him, and it was very almost hypocritical of him to be saying that people should be saving their clips while he's also on the opposite side he's doing everything in the mm -hmm. marketing world to make his youtube successful because it's like well, you're saying one thing but then doing the other for yourself yeah because it's a bad idea marketing in a marketing world you want to be as constant and aggressive with uh, like the amount of like uh, media that you're putting out for people to consume if you save everything like mm -hmm. nate for example If you think about Nate, he like seemed to almost disappear for a bit because he was saving clips to make uh, Skull Chatter, which was a fucking amazing video. Yeah. And as a consumer, I enjoyed the fact that he saved it and I got to watch that video. Yeah. But if I was him and I was thinking about the marketing side of it, or if I was Tempest or someone that was sponsoring, I'd be like, fuck that. Put those clips up as soon as you fucking <laughs> film them because they're, they're worth way more as an individual clip yeah. to you and to us as a company than they are to be saved up to make a video. 
just make a compilation video at the end of the year, like everybody does. It'll probably get the same amount of views, maybe a little bit less, but probably the same amount of views as the final video would if you'd saved the clips anyway. Yeah. Because people forget the clips and then they watch it again in the full format and they're like, that was fucking sick. <laughs> it's true. Fuck, man, don't destroy mm. my, my motivation to... But there's the cultural value also that is not... There is, this, is, this is the balance, for sure. Cultural, if you're talking about culture, then 100% you should save your clips. But if you're talking about your personal career and you want to make a profession out of the sport and you think that perhaps Instagram is a good way to do that if you can get sponsored to do posts on there um, or even, yeah, like and any method on that kind of social media aspect, then you should definitely fucking not save your clips. You should post... And it's not only personal, it's not only personal, it's for the whole sport, man. Imagine if everyone would decide to, to save their clips. Yeah. Then there's no parkour videos on Instagram and then people don't watch parkour anymore. And, people, and the whole yeah. world will think that parkour That's is true dead. as well. Well, I don't know. There's always <laughs> going to be some kid posting. The saturation would be decreased of quality content, which would be not such a good thing. But there's always going to be Pasha doing random stuff. <laughs> but that's not parkour anymore yeah but the world thinks it is so you know that's that's more cryptic do you think that the world thinks it is he doesn't have oh, parkour written anywhere it doesn't have to mate yeah uh, uh, it just is what it is I don't think it matters either way who gives a fuck what the world thinks <laughs> I give a fuck about what the world thinks because to be honest I would love to like I mean at, at the period of my life at the mind state that I have right now I know it can change in two weeks but yeah I would love to have to follow a parkour career not only as a mover but some other way whatever it is uh, for yeah like at least one more decade would be fine I'll be sick uh, and I, I, I really care <laughs> you, you I see your face <laughs> you're looking like yeah What? That would be sick, but good luck, bro. No, if you if, no, if you're enjoying it, then you should fucking do it, mate, for sure. Why yeah, not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. But um, so I care about what the what the world thinks because, man, it's what's gonna pay the bills in the end of the day. If the world thinks that we are a bunch of like losers, childish, like lame joke, joking meme creator. Uh, like sports then like like there's no chance with brands like do you think that do you think that like ASICs for example would like to to sponsor like a Pasha's or serious brand would like to sponsor someone to carry like you know but I think the the assumption is like you, you're making the assumption that it can't be one without the other it's like if you look at skateboarding there's also a lot of skating memes and stuff like that where it takes the piss out of skateboarding It's the same with any sport. But then there's also, it's like the way the world sees something is it doesn't see something black and white. It still is, everything is pretty kind of grayish. Yeah. So it's a very multi-layered view or something. So when you say parkour to somebody, they're not going to just think one thing. They're going to think a multitude of things. There's going to be like... Oh, but that's the what, problem. I think that it's parkour is so marginalized already. It already has this image of... Uh, rebels jumping off rooftops and then the new image is about memes so there is no where is the discipline part of it the one that you got into parkour for when you watch jump london i guess like this image that we had in the beginning of the youtube era is gone and now it's memes or people jumping off rooftops 
Of course, there's a lot of gray area, but most part of the people will watch Pasha rather than my videos, for example. They will watch 1.4 million followers guy on Instagram, then a 30K, so... But, but is, is that wrong of them if they have no interest in the sport and they're viewing it from a, an angle of not having any understanding so they don't understand the technical difficulties of the things that you're doing? If, if Pasha's portraying it, that, 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 then I'm confused, I think, on what your point is. I don't think it's wrong that the people see it this way, but it's wrong that that's the image that a brand will have before they sponsor. Like, no, because the brand, the brand doesn't care about the image of a sport they never will they care about the image of the brand ah. and by association what happens with yeah. it so they won't hire they won't ever sponsor somebody that makes the brand look shit yeah. but if they think what the person is doing isn't shit and it's going to have a good association with the brand then they'll sponsor that person regardless of what that person is doing specifically ah, okay. okay yeah and i hope so that would be cool. So that could be someone like Hazal. Hazal is a great example of Red Bull sponsoring somebody that's like more on the traditional side of parkour, like someone who moves tactically, but is much harder to appreciate as a someone who doesn't do parkour is going to struggle to appreciate what Hazal mm -hmm. does, as opposed to what something that Pasha mm -hmm. does. But Red Bull still put their money on Hazal because they're like, well, we also sponsor athletes who perform at a high level within the like within the sports side of it because they want people within parkour to look at Red Bull and go, oh, this is a quality brand. They don't just sponsor people mm. who do memes. Like, mm. I have mixed feelings there. She's good for market. She's, she's a good looking girl. She's talented, of course, super talented. But she's girl and she's in Asia. No, of course. Like Europe, Asia, Euro and Asia. And there's not... Yeah, there's yeah. Not there's, I mean, there's multi-layers to it. No, there's multi-layers to it for sure. So there will, she will be check, checking yeah. boxes. But that is going to be one of the boxes. That's the thing, which is yeah, a good yeah, thing, true. at least. It is. It's one of the boxes, for sure. It's true. Man, we need you. You're too smart. <laughs> no, Come on, don't. bro. No, <laughs> no look, you okay. Don't. You, you don't have to do anything. Just help me out here, okay? <laughs> and how is your body now? Like, going back to parkour uh, and from someone who moved on. How is your body at the moment? Uh, After 15 years of, of high-level parkour. It uh, feels pretty good, to be fair. Like, um... I think the last time I properly trained uh, parkour was in October and I like ripped myself really hard on a rail and that sucked but at the time my body felt fine <laughs> and then I trained the other day with Lynn just a little bit just to mess around and like while I was training my body felt fine afterwards it felt like I hadn't done parkour in a couple of months which was true <laughs> 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 like my muscles ached in ways that I forgot But um, <laughs> but my joints and everything, man, they're all fine at the moment. Like, you know, touch wood, everything's, everything's good and yeah. will still be good. You've been healthy most part of your career too, right? Yeah. I mean, I had like three years of like pretty bad on and off patella tendonitis, like tendinopathy. Mm -hmm. um, maybe even four years, I don't know. Uh, like closer to the end or like... Uh, from like 2000... 15-ish like onwards yeah mm -hmm. but I pretty much never feel that now okay. and I'm like at the moment I'm running a lot like running probably 8 to 10 kilometers minimum a day probably at the moment and my like on like concrete on trails <laughs> and stuff and I never feel my knees like even on like the downhill on the longer trails like where I was like a little bit worried I'd feel my knees start to be shitty 
I haven't felt them yet. So yeah, I think, I think I'm all good. You're a little bit of a superhero. You're a little bit of a superhero. You've always been. I don't know about that, mate. Um, come on, you are. Uh, I'm not Phil. And what's, what's the... <laughs> You're not Phil? Yeah. Phil's the superhero, man. You think so? Yeah, his body's like way too healthy for all <laughs> the shit that he's done. And Dom, Dom's the classic as well. Eh? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. And uh, one last question. What's the most meaningful lesson that parkour has taught you that you can apply to your real life? Um, If you can pick one. I don't think there was one. Like parkour specifically. I don't know. Yeah, you look, you, you told me one already on this, this conversation that I can bring up to you again. That you said that parkour, What did I say? You said that parkour people has this like addiction to learn new skills. And I think that, that there's something that parkour teaches you is to learn new things because there's so many things you can learn in parkour that you always want new stuff. Yeah, maybe. So, But I think that also occurs in like other sports as well, like skating. Like, in fact, all, like, young youth sports. <laughs> You're too realistic, man. Too realistic. <laughs> man, but too it's down a problem. To <laughs> Fucking parkour people think parkour is so special and unique, and it's just not. Like, the only thing that makes it special and unique is how young it is. That's it. There's, like, responsibility there with regards to that. Apart from that, it's just a fucking sport where you jump off walls. Like, there's nothing special to it. <laughs> no, but it's true, man. I... Uh, Fucking get over yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would love to to think this way, but for me it's so you're not gonna change my mind. I agree with you, but you're not gonna make me not feel like it's special. No, but for the, for each individual, for yeah. each individual, it can be special, of course. Like it's their avenue, but it's not parkour being special. It's parkour in relation mm-hmm. to you that is special. But that doesn't mean that parkour could have that same thing for somebody else because it probably never would. What about like, the usefulness that it has to your coordination in the normal like life scenario? It's more than any other sport. I mean, yeah, of course. That that's amazing, but how how rare is it that it actually Like if you're a boring like, human? I think outside of doing any outside of any sports, outside of any sports, you probably I've used parkour like I think The, the only time that comes to my head is needing a piss in a very busy traffic in Monaco <laughs> and having to like jump over a couple of walls that I definitely wouldn't be able to climb over if I didn't do parkour to find this corner to piss in. Like that's the only time off the top of my head that I can think mm-hmm. of that parkour was useful. <laughs> Apart from the, the obvious, like it was my fucking job and <laughs> it's how I managed to even eat the past fucking 10 years or whatever. How shitty is Monaco, by the way? Yeah, it's a fucking weird place. A really fucking weird place. <laughs> yeah, man. All right. Do you know, have you heard any other episode of, of Swapping Shoes? No, it doesn't matter if you did or not. Do I would do something called Tic Tac. Tic Tac. <laughs> and like, I yes, Tic Tac. I ask you two options and you pick one. Okay, go on then. All right. Pizza or pasta? Pizza. Front flips or back flips? Back flips. Brighton or Cambridge? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Finally, you're confused. Well, no, because it's like different. So <laughs> if, if you're talking about Cambridge before I left Cambridge, that was a really cool Cambridge. And then it like slowly got worse. Like security got worse. More and more people moved away. So, it's, so like Cambridge now is kind of shit. Mm-hmm. 
So then I would choose Brighton if you're talking about right now. Yeah, right now. But Cambridge back then, Cambridge back then was amazing. But yeah, if it's right now, then Brighton. Yeah. David Bell or Sebastian Foucault? David Bell. Gymnastics or martial arts? Uh, neither. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Labaco or Leg Force Love? I was like, what's love? <laughs> Whoa, that, 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 that I was not expecting. <laughs> no, Danny's a legend, but Oleg's the, the mystery man, isn't he? <laughs> the, right. the crazy enigma from Latvia. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a very special... Have, have you interviewed... Maybe human? Yeah, have you interviewed Danny <laughs> yet on this? I did, actually. That's something that the listener doesn't know. I interviewed him and I have it recorded. He was the episode number 10. Did, did, you, ask him, did you ask him about the time he stayed in the hotel room of Oleg? No. That would have been a funny story. You should have asked him. Maybe that. I'm gonna, like, I, I never, I didn't post the, his interview because uh, the yeah. audio quality you is really, really You should do really, a bonus, really bonus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do a bonus question. Ask him about that, man. It's a very, very funny story. <laughs> I want to. But you are from Cambridge. Are you from Cambridge? No, I'm from Glastonbury. Ah, okay. Yeah, but you were in Cambridge a lot of time. A lot of times. Uh, I lived there for like two years, I think. Cool. You're the professor long hair, man. Really? <laughs> Or the big chief. Or both. <laughs> Or neither. There were no characters, right? No, there <laughs> was no characters. It was the name of the song, that was it. <laughs> Super creative with our title of that video, for sure. Well, it, it worked. <laughs> It's a legendary yeah. video. Okay, Kai Willis. Man, good to see you. Good to chat with you. Thank you very much. I'm gonna try to leave oh, this conversation not depressed and still loving parkour, but I really like the <laughs> reality slap. <laughs> <laughs> no, fucking parkour is amazing, dude. Like, my, all my opinions are like relative to like the broader sense of it. It's not to the individualistic concept, man. It is, it is what it fucking is to you. Like, no one can change whatever it is for an individual. I'm just talking about it as a broader sense. So when someone else doesn't view it in the same way, it's like there shouldn't be any ill feeling towards that person which is often what a parkour person does they get a bit pretentious about how parkour is yeah man this is the thing i love about you the most because sometimes you come out as an arrogant prick and the things that you say the, <laughs> most of the time yeah, yeah. <laughs> the things that you say sound uh, rough but deep down you're very good-hearted human and things that you say are just reality <laughs> it's true i like i agree i take it <laughs> thank you very much have a good day send a big hug to lean i will it's good to see your face man it's been too long yes i hope to see you like i don't know if you still have interest in your old parkour friends but i hope that of we're course, gonna meet man. in the no. future come uh, come here for a holiday i'll take you to the mountains mate Poof, i would love i would love to Do you think that black people go to the Middle East for, for holidays? <laughs> Mate, <they'll... laughs> I think you get on fine as long as you're not uh, related and female to the, uh, to the sheikhs here, then you'll be all right. That's a political joke. <laughs> you can look it up if you don't know anything about it. <laughs> okay, cool. Ciao, ciao, man. Have a good day. See yeah, you. man. See you back. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining and for listening. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. I really, really, really enjoyed this conversation with Kai. 
such a legend and I hope this has a taught you anything and I hope that like because I come out of this talk not not liking parkour less I like it more and I learn that I have to cherish these moments that I'm living so passionately even harder and harder so yes uh, don't forget to share this with your friends on your Instagram or whatever and if you want to support the Arch Club click on the donate button down in the description thank you very much have a great week of training I see you soon ciao